Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to a brand new Geekscape, and we've been doing this for a very long time, so this is your first Geekscape. Strap yourselves in, because we're going to be talking movies, video games, comic books, uh, TV, anything genre-related. Uh, we're going to be uh, really getting deep, so we do a lot of inside baseball here uh, on Geekscape, and I have a lot of people who've listened to Geekscape for the first time, and they're like, wow, you guys really get deep into that stuff. That's right, we're not cursory geeks. This is our livelihood. This is our life. This is what we grew up doing, and so if you're not ready to get drenched... In geekdom, that sounds oh, so unappealing. There's a lot of things uh, that you said then, so far. Yeah, that, that, that does not feel. sound appealing. Uh, then you know what? Just strap yourselves in. You're gonna get a bunch of geek stuff over the next 50 minutes, and enjoy because this is Geekscape. And for, if this is not your first Geekscape, you know what to expect, and it's gonna be coming at you. I'm Jonathan London. I've been hosting this show uh, for a very long time, mainly out of necessity, because if I don't tell you guys all these things that are going on in my mind and talk about all these cool things. Uh, then I'll go crazy. Like, who else am I going to tell? Um, and, of course, uh, you can find our articles on Geekscape.net. You can find us on iTunes. Wherever you guys are listening to Geekscape, throw us the five stars, throw us the reviews. Hit that copy link, uh, in, uh, the share link, and go ahead and tell your friends about this show. And, of course, on SoundCloud, definitely share it or here on T-Radio V. Um, I'm joined today by my co-host, uh, Will Sterling. Yo. Kenny, Kenny Craig is sitting out this one, and uh, I've got two guests. And i got to tell you, every week uh, we have a guest on Geekscape, and this week we have really good ones. Uh, Corey Landis, and uh, tell me if I'm pronouncing this, Roger Lay Jr., uh, they are the co-directors of this documentary called The Toy Master. Yeah. The Toy Master's plural. Yes, multiple. That I went to see the documentary at the Egyptian Saturday night. We went to see. And Will came with I me. I was there. Uh, and I loved it. I this it is a great. documentary about really great. He-Man. Yeah. Partially the history of He-Man, partially the uh, the um, origin of He-Man, right, and, and where He-Man went, and, and maybe the cultural significance of He-Man, what He-Man meant to not only right. the history of toys, television, uh, and uh, really our own childhoods, but also uh, the sort of controversy over the origin of He-Man and the authorship of He-Man. Because when you think of something, and the documentary frames it in this way, when you think about uh, Spider-Man in comics, you know, you think about people like Jack Kirby and, um, and of course, uh, Stan you know, Lee, Stan the guy Lee. you can't think well, 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 of. Course, well, well, um, in, in my head, Bill Finger was uh, coming into my mind because, oh, because DC just gave Bill Finger oh, credit yeah, right. for Batman. Right. Like just this week, that was a big news item that Bill Finger was getting credit for Batman. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking of because I was like, make a note to talk about Bill Finger. And in doing so, I didn't talk about Stan Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but you, when you think about these great creators, uh, you know who who what they created. But when right. it comes to something like He-Man – a lot of this documentary is based around that question. Who was the author of He-Man and uh, how is this not known? And, and, and let's get to the bottom right. of it, which, uh, which Corey and Roger do. And I was telling somebody about the documentary today and it was, and, and I think the thing that I thought was so awesome about it, it was it answered questions I didn't know I had been asking <laughs> for my right. entire life. Exactly. Like there are those cynics out there who are like documentary on He-Man. Is it about the movie or the, like what's it about? Like why was there really a documentary on He-Man? And it's like well, you you don't know how much you want this movie yeah. until you're seeing this movie, and then once you're seeing this movie, you were just like, I've always wanted answers to this. <laughs> I think because it's and all I didn't even know to ask it. What? Yeah. I think I said because it's all encompassing is nice because I went in expecting like yeah primarily focus on the toys, but then it hits. Pretty much everything. everything. I mean, besides at the Q&A, you guys said that obviously some things had to get cut out. But. Right. And, uh, and I mean, we're here with Corey and Roger, and I think they can probably tell you guys more about the yeah. movie than I can. So enough battling from me. Uh, guys, what was the impetus of making this movie, and how would you describe uh, The Toy Masters to the audience? 
Why did we make? Why did we spend four years doing it? Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> know. It's at not this, easy. Four years. Right? At this point, it's a good question. Um, I mean, kind of what you were saying is that um, uh, nobody had talked about it. Uh, there were all these uh, pop culture documentaries about these all all these other properties, and nobody uh, thus far had done anything about Masters of the Universe. And we kind of figured, well, if somebody else isn't going to do it. Um, we should do it because it's, it's going to get done eventually and we thought that we would be um, sort of better positioned to handle it because we're coming at it from a fan perspective or, or at least we grew up with it and loved it, you know. Right. So, uh, but most fans didn't know about Roger and Mark and Paul Cleveland right. and all these people fighting for credit because even you didn't know that. Right. And you were, you know, you were a fan like me. Yeah, I didn't know about the kid. controversy. The most I knew about uh, He-Man uh, the creation of He-Man was in reading um, uh, Console Wars, the book on, oh, yeah, on, yeah. on Sega, because it talks about uh, he was the president of Mattel before he was yeah, yeah. Mattel the, Electronics b- yeah. before he was the the head of, uh, of of Sega before he was given Sega of America. Yes. Uh, what's his name? I, can't remember his name. I, I, I shook his hand at Comic Con like uh. two like like two years ago and he helped recreate Sonic for the American audience because oh. the Japanese Sonic was like fucking scary basically <laughs> <laughs> like the Japanese design for Sonic was one of the scariest fucking things ever right it had like a hooker on his arm and like fangs and stuff <laughs> a hooker, like a and, and uh I, and I'm really sorry that the, the that I'm I'm blanking on his name but uh but I met him at, at the Comic Con booth. I shook his damn hand. He leaned over in the middle of the movie and was like, "That's yeah. the guy that invented." Yeah, I leaned Sonic. over and I was because like, the, what? you guys mentioned him in the documentary because <laughs> he was the pre- he was one of the presidents of Mattel at the time, and uh, and I said, Joe? "That's the guy who created no. Sonic." It wasn't Joe. It was Mike. Uh, oh. we, we, we won't stop on All this, right. but yeah, yeah. but, um, but so there was no history for this. But a lot of people did not know about the controversy of the authorship of He Man. And you were fascinated by this. Yeah, well, I found it very interesting. That yeah, he he gave me the book that Roger Sweet uh, wrote, and I thought it was really interesting. And um, like I said, we just sort of talked about it, and, and Roger had had um, good deal of experience. Uh, this Roger, um, right? Not uh, Roger, not Roger Sweet. <laughs> not Roger. Roger Sweet. Uh, Roger Lay had had a bunch of experience uh, doing documentary type stuff. He already had the equipment. We were right. we were already trying to do a project together, and we were writing scripts at the time. And um, we just said, well, this is going to be a lot easier to sort of get started than trying. Well, to even and we we'll tell the get... audience who Roger Sweet is because he'd written this book. What was the name of the book? Mastering the Universe. Mastering the Universe, in which the rise he, and fall of a billion dollar. In, in which he kind of tries to put a flag in the ground. Mm-hmm. And say I'm the guy who created He-Man. Right, right, and that was in response to Mark's the, interviews, the, Mark Taylor's interviews. This other fellow right. in our documentary. And Mark Taylor was an artist. Yeah. Roger was more of a businessman, but Pre- he preliminary, also preliminary, preliminary design, designer. Pre- preliminary designer. Yeah. So he had made the sculptures that mm. that he presented as the idea, like, hey guys, well, we can do as part of this effort. He did that, but I think his right. job at Mattel was a little more than that. I right. mean, he was these these were the guys that would come up with the idea. The Toy what is the hook for they a toy? They threw it you know? at the wall and yes. to see if it would stick. Right. And right. then guys like Mark Taylor in Visual Design would come out. in to flesh it out and figure out the styling and right. the look of everything. Mark right. Taylor was an artist and um, uh, Roger Sweet was more of a uh, designer, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, right. inventor type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even those designs were based on market research. What is hot right now? What, mm-hmm. are, the, what are the trends that kids are looking at? That certainly factored What's quite going a bit. out of fashion? What's going into fashion? But then you take that information and say, okay, well, if kids want barbarian fantasy as a toy, let me go design it. And then Mark also creates the artwork. So these two guys, in a, in again, like a, an entire uh, building's worth of of, of designers right. made these toys. But these, but they kind of take the forefront in your documentary as the two guys who 
claim owner uh, claim authorship for He-Man. Uh, how come nobody else really comes to the forefront and goes for it? I mean, were they just more accepting of the team role or like well, the reality of what was going on? Uh, uh, Paul Cleveland, uh, at a certain point, does also try to say that he did quite a bit of stuff. Uh, we and created the character. Yeah, right. we, we gave him we gave him a certain amount of time in the movie to do that, but we ultimately didn't focus on him as a third party because his most of the people involved. Uh, were like Paul Cleveland didn't really have that much. He's a number idea, cruncher. Yeah, uh, he, felt, a, he felt like a business. I liked guy. his origin story of Battle Cat. Was that a real thing? Um, that that story is told by several different people. Mm-hmm. I, I oh. think I think I was. I think at, they took credit for it too. Well, yeah, I think I was at Mark Taylor's um, panel, uh, and I think he told that almost the exact same story verbatim wow. that Paul That's Cleveland. Funny. Whereas it's other things, like, as if it was his decision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But there's other things like Castle Grayskull, where you know he. Yeah. Paul Cleveland will say he came up with it and he was at the factory telling them how to spray paint it, you know, and Mark Taylor will say, no, 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 that's not how it happened. I built a foam core, you know, model. I designed it. And Roger Sweet will say, no, I did it. I did it. You know, and Mark Taylor will say, my secretary was helping me put the tiles on this thing. You <laughs> but know? I mean, it, it's pretty much, I mean, what I thought was great in the documentary was even though things were still in uh, debate, there were, there were things that were inarguable, like the fact that there was an old toy from the 70s called Big Jim that yeah. was falling out of popularity and that, that Mattel Mattel who was <laughs> well, I, never, I never knew anything about it the 70s were a different time yeah. like Major Matt Mason but Big Jim is falling out of popularity and Mattel is facing the reality of in a few years possibly facing bankruptcy if they don't turn the ship around having right. passed on the Star Wars toy franchise yeah. because they knew they weren't going to be able to make Star Wars toys in time for the movie release. Right. So they lost it to Kenner who just put out a coupon and said, hey, we'll get your toys when you get your toys. And they sold a ton of coupons and Mattel's kicking themselves facing the reality of bankruptcy and they need to do something in this He-Man thing comes alive. Uh, with the financial realities, they had to repurpose a lot of their big gym factory molds to make the He-Man toys and Battle Cat was the best. That story yeah. that is in the documentary about Battle Cat being a tiger from the yeah, big gym did it, that story's great. Playset it is, it is. is <laughs> awesome because it was a tiger in the big gym playset where there's taller toys. Next to the He-Man figures, it looks like a giant Mo- like tiger right. and then just put a saddle on it right. put a saddle yeah, on it and you, the big Jim's tiger becomes battle cat and we all love battle cat <laughs> yeah. and it was it, the stories in the documentary regardless of who like, or the debate around who's responsible for them the stories were incredible in this documentary guys if you even if you're not a He-Man fan, if you're yeah. just a fan of nostalgia and in right. your, your childhood, and you, again, it answers questions I did not know I wanted <laughs> to ask. Right. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> and, and my friend Cooper Barnes, who was sitting on the other yeah. side of me, and, and my brother, Paul, who was sitting next to me, they were losing their shit. Huh. I mean, because things in your childhood fall out of the forefront of your thoughts. Right. And, 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 and it doesn't until you get that ping in nostalgia Oh, I remember that. Yeah. You know, it's like right. you know the entirety you of Robot Chicken's jokes is like, hour. hey, remember this toy? Right. Like, doesn't it feel like when you watch Robot Chicken, it's like, hey, remember this toy? And it's like, oh yeah, I like this cartoon now right. because they've got that toy that just reminded me of the best parts of my life. Right. The 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 documentary would hit you with that relentlessly, yeah. and then give you background for how those things became a reality. Right. And uh, I gotta ask you guys, like, this movie's got to come out because the Geekscapists are gonna love this thing. 
Uh, well, yeah, we hope so, uh, and we hope it's going to be out soon. We're just kind of working well, to... We're playing in Austin in two weeks. Yeah. But uh, not as part of this Fantastic Fest, which starts now. You guys are no, playing... MondoCon. Mondo. MondoCon. Oh, that's yeah. perfect for yeah. you guys. Nice. Okay. Okay, so you guys are going to get the whole Alamo Draft House treatment done in Austin. Yeah, I mean, we're... It's uh, my hometown. I, I oh, love, really? I love all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. No, Austin's great. Um, it, should be, it should be a good crowd for it, so... It's the ideal demographic. They're going to love it. Although we believe that, as you were saying, anybody can actually sit down for 90 minutes and right. feel this is compelling enough. Well, that we'll, we'll my his wife, wife yeah. has zero interest or stake in he You're still married to her after Saturday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, And good. she knows how obsessed I am both with the property and also with the movie. As a kid, I just grew up with that Dolphin. Yeah. I mean, I would watch it every day. And to this day, I still watch it at least five or six times a year. She was so... And, she, and she's like, oh, I don't know about this. And she was like, I really liked it. And oh, great. Yeah. She had a really good time. And, she, and yeah. she was so into this movie that she grabbed my leg and I was like, hey, I'm not real. And, <laughs> yeah. she, and, I go, and she goes, I know. And I was like, well, whoa, hey. My favorite hey. thing that she said, and I don't know if you guys, and I couldn't wait to talk about this. Have you guys seen The Jinx? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She kept comparing... That's the documentary. She over to it, me yeah, and going... Absolutely. Roger Sweet is like the guy from the Jinx. Oh, wow. She's saying that. Oh, she's like, oh my god, he's such a creep. He's such a creep. I was and just it, talking about that very same yeah. comparison. And I was like, he is. I kept really? waiting for that yeah. audio file to. Well, I don't want to spoil I the Jinx, well, but well, you know this what I'm guy Roger about. Sweet. I, I didn't want to vilify him. Like even though he's, but he's that's the interesting. Even thing. though he's vehemently discrediting the rest of the team, and it's becoming as you watch the more and more of the movie, you start thinking, well, guys, this is obviously a team effort. Mm-hmm. Right. This all came yeah. out of. Corporate research in in the corporate structure of uh you know making sure that this thing was a hit and and then going into the cartoon series which had a ton of surprises I was like wait they only made sixty episodes of something that I thought ran my entire childhood right. And, how how is that possible? And there's just so many uh, different illuminating things that when you look back on your in romanticize your childhood, having facts provided to give context to these stories that you remember right. was one of the best gifts of this documentary. But uh but with the Roger Sweet thing I. Even now, I'm really, uh, I, I really am kind of, I don't want to vilify the guy because yeah. there's still a human being there and right. he needs, he wants some kind of vindication right. and it's argued that it may be financial and I don't want to give too much away from the documentary, but uh, but it was tough to see him struggle like that and wind up at the, well, when, 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 it felt, when it felt like I mean, everyone <laughs> started turning against him. Yeah. And well, I was that's like, what, like, holy my shit. My conversation with my wife on the drive home, because she's like, he's so creepy, he's so creepy. And I said, I still feel like at the end of the day, there's still kernels of truth probably to what he's saying. Absolutely. And there's, there's no winners and no losers. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. story is to a degree. Well, the losers. Canon Films is a loop. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. Canon Films. I mean, in, in there is a chapter about the Masters of the, the Universe so movie. And you guys know I'm a incredible fan of the Master of the Universe movie. It's been quoted on the show for nine years. Because? We went out and... I mean, my brother and I went out and shot a fan film to this stuff. Like, if our project here, The Prophecy, which is a Geekscape project, if that doesn't exist without the Master of the Universe movie. Right, right. You know, and we're such fans of that stuff. Um, that seeing the stories again... Because I'd heard some stories that are in the documentary, but just hearing them again and, and having them documented properly, which is what this movie does so well, I was like, yes, right. now there's a one-stop shop where I can share <laughs> these stories and I'm not going to be looked at as a lone ranter and being right. like, you got to listen to me on the set. Don't plug your... It's like, yeah, whatever, Jonathan, you're psychotic. It's like, no, see, other people cared about this shit too and right. they made a documentary about it. Yeah. 
if there's anything to be said about Geekscape, it is where right. you can listen to a podcast and be like, see, other people care about this shit. <laughs> I'm not well, just a weirdo. I, one thing I think you guys thought well, that I thought was interesting in the Q&A, you said you kind of just let the story unfold as it did. You didn't really like go into making this movie like, we're going to make a documentary about who created He-Man specifically. You know right. what I mean? It was like the, as the piece is built up, you found direction. So like what did you really feel like you started out to do and and what point well, did you get to where you didn't know like, oh. if we were going to have a documentary we you just know wanted I mean? to we just wanted to meet these people and talk right. to them we yeah we just figured you know these guys are getting some of them are getting a little long in the tooth and um we figured we have the time and the means to go out and talk to everybody that was a part of every single mm-hmm. entity of Masters of the Universe. Right. So we, we we just wanted to we wanted to talk to art directors when we wanted to talk to product guys, and marketing Tom guys. Tom Kalinsky is the name that I was thinking of. Tom Kalinsky. Tom Kalinsky. Kalinsky. Tom Kalinsky is the guy who went to Sega and created helped create Sonic. Yeah, we just we just wanted to get everybody down. We just wanted to have a, a, a I mean we we kept at the end of the day uh when we were packing up we were like at the very least we have this little experience and this little document of all of these guys talking about what they did. Who knows right. what's going to come from it, but at the very least history uh is uh recorded. But we know? had an interesting journey where we'd do an interview and we'd leave the interview and we'd be driving uh, and then we'd go. Well, that's it. You know, that's what that's the answer we were looking for. Right. That's a great piece of information. Okay, oh, we found the truth. Yeah, that yes, is yeah. right. That and is then, how that was created. And then cut to a few weeks later, and we're yeah. doing another interview, and we go, Oh my God, we were way off. Right. You know, this is the guy. This is really how it happened. And then you'd go through that. And I think if you see the movie, uh, we hope that you kind of go through that journey of the understanding and learning all these things and making up your mind the way we did, rather than fashioning this thing in a way where we're dictating this is what happened this is the final word on the subject and here you go guys right right right. um we thought the journey was the interesting thing yeah and when we when we put it together we we tried very hard to um keep the even though who knows what the truth is what we tried to do was to keep on screen what our emotional experience and our emotional reality truth was. Right, right, was. Right. Everything that you see when you see it, if if we did our job, which I, I think we did from what we're uh, gathering from talking to, to everybody, is that those moments, because there are, there are these moments where I want people to feel a, a certain way, like in that way is what we felt in that moment. Mm-hmm. That and revelation. That, you were yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. my God. I, I, want, I want people to you know go to this movie and feel what we felt in those moments talking to these people. And I think that's sort of what we did. We, we weren't trying to point anybody in any particular direction. We just wanted that... Uh, we wanted to f- the audience to feel the way we did about Roger Sweet and right. about the way that we did about Mark Taylor, et cetera, et cetera. And, and to also, within that, have those ups and downs and changes. Right? But it's question things. But it wasn't know? just yeah. how we felt about the characters. The, like... And I mean, I don't think I'm putting too much importance on it. This is Geekscape, but the the tragedy of the He-Man franchise and that character, because yeah. by the late '80s, that was a character that was no longer popular, and it was. Say, if you think about how, I and, mean, and I mean, like I mean, a, it was uh, almost uh, overnight. Jake, yeah, Jake, was, Jake was telling it was overnight that that yeah. character disappeared, and Jake was telling me uh, before the show we were talking, and he said, I remember going to a Toys R Us, or and they had one dollar bins for T-Man right. figures yeah. because they right. just got flooded. And, and now we got it, the answer now. And, and you got the answer hundreds to, or thousands and, of dollars. And, and I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil the documentary because I want each and every one of you guys listening to to watch this thing. But the tragedy for how, why that became a reality 
goes to just the core a, of the of like vanity and people and selfishness and short short sightedness. In, yeah. yeah. in and with it with that short sightedness went so many of our dreams and loves, but also right. at the same time we're getting older and maybe we're outgrowing He-Man or at least replacing them with Ninja Turtles and mm-hmm. and G.I. Joe's and Transformers and things that kind of took that flag and ran with it. And uh, well, in so, fact, and, Mark and, Taylor and, went and, on to do with Ninja Turtles. I was like, oh. Yeah, but like the arch, the, the, the kind of sto- like character art arcs of that, of that franchise, of that character um, are all there. I mean, I had forgotten about that 90s show where, where he man for you good yeah. for you yeah. what's it called With the, just the one the new adventure yeah. the, yeah. the laser the sword oh, God. i mean that was a piece of junk yeah it was terrible and it looked awful and and i i had forgotten that, that even existed until i saw it in the documentary <laughs> and i was like oh this isn't just a character that dist- that like fell from our like right. our perception this is a character that then came back and was raked through really the cold yeah. the mud and then i remember i was in grad school at the time but when they brought back in the in the early 2000s, the new He-Man with the, or the oh, classic so series good. that was yeah. so amazing. I, I was like, how didn't that stick? Those figures were dope too. I was yes. like, oh, I I, <laughs> I grabbed them, I collected them, and I was on a film school budget, and yeah. I was still yeah. like, trying. I was like, well, I'll, I'll eat more shit. ramen, but I'm buying this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was making great decisions, and uh, and I remember buying them. And then all of a sudden, those are gone too. Yeah. And, yeah. and then replaced by like the collector vinyl well, market, they did which we're kind of in reboot, now. Funny enough. And I'm like, what? What's happening? I. You guys did a great job of chronicling the the the, the rise and tragic falls of this entire character that has, has become and it, and it's synonymous with our childhood. It's interesting how history repeats itself. Right, exactly. Because the demise back in the eighties, you know, it was kind of similar. What happened? You were talking about the two thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of similar. You know, it was yeah. Oh yeah, it was, all, it was all because of corporate greed in a right, way. You right, right. It, um, it really was which alarming. Is, it's, it's tragic, you know. When yeah. you think about it. And yeah. it was the most shocking realization to us. To us, the most shocking stuff wasn't whether Mark did this or Roger did that. It was realizing that's why it ended. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm supposed it to It didn't have to be like this. This that, is why that's it, why no, it ended. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good thing because like, I'm a huge Turtles fan too. And I think that's why that franchise has continued to keep growing over the years is because one of my favorite parts about the documentary is – and like you talk about the movie, but you also talk about the animated series and how those guys were like, we didn't give a fuck about the toys. You know what I mean? Like we wanted to tell stories. Yes. We want and so they. But so yeah, the animators did such an incredible job in defining the language of the character. Right, and because Mattel didn't give a shit about them, and they kind of didn't care what Mattel then because of that miscommunication, that's kind of what drove right. it down. Whereas with like, but I it's think also what gave the, the Turtles, cartoon the freedom to be exactly phenomenal. But they're like, we should probably find a way to make these things all come together yeah. if we want to keep it. Well, synergy was something that maybe didn't exist in He-Man, yeah. but that existed later in the Turtles. Right, right. And maybe at least until the mid '90s. I mean, the mid '90s when the Turtles cooled off. You got remember the Eric Larson when the Turtles went to Image and there Eric was Larson did it, and Donatello had like a robotic arm and shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like I remember the low point for the Turtles too. Right. The Turtles didn't or, always uh, have their live action. One, the next mutation. Well, oh, mean, the TV one, the yeah. Saturday morning live action. So yeah, bad. yeah. I mean, we can talk about the turtles. Right, right, right. The turtles haven't had their day in court, but <laughs> different. That's that's um, your guys' next documentary, right? Oh, so God. someone so, did that already, by the way. There is a turtles oh, documentary is, that came there? out last year when that's the right. movie came out. So. I gotta see that. I haven't seen it. Yet. I gotta see that. Well, let's say. I mean, having watched that new live action movie, I wouldn't say the turtles are totally in the in the clear either, brother. Shh, I kind of like the new one. Well, you know what? <laughs> I, 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 you know what? Uh, when I walked out of there, I said, "Well, it did some stuff, right?" All the turtles, and are then good. it did some stuff not so bueno. But you know what? I think that's that's not that's our own there. that's our own yeah. perception. Right. Um. Here's here's a little factoid that I don't even know. I mean, I, I nobody is working at the company more that that had talked to me about it. But Machinima, 
after they saw the Hero of the Prophet, Hero of the Prophecy is this live action thing for Roger and Corey. It's this live action thing that my brother, who is a WWE wrestler, and I filmed where he gets summoned to an alien planet and has to fight monsters because they see wrestling and they think it's real. It's like Three Amigos, Galaxy Quest. I was going to say Galaxy uh, But it was our love letter to He-Man and uh, Beastmaster and all that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, so Machinima saw it and they asked me if I wanted to write a He-Man miniseries for Mattel and them. They were going to do an animated, on Machinima, they were going to do a, a series of animated shorts for He-Man in the same way that they later did it for Justice League. Right. Remember those Justice League shorts that they yeah. did on Machinima? Yeah. And I fucking lost my mind. I mean, I wrote a Bible. I wrote like I was like, okay, like this is this is 10 this is 10 15 ish years removed from the new generation stuff in the early 2000s. That phenomenal, you know, one season of television mm-hmm. on Cartoon Network. I was like, oh, let me do that, but let me do it bite size and even, you know, maybe and it in like I remember the sponsor was going to be uh, Dr Pepper Ten. Oh, oh. And then what happened? It, 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 I mean, it, that gives you the exact yeah, year yeah. that these conversations That's were a going moment on. In time. Right. These gave you these. The, that maybe gave you the four months that this conversation <laughs> came. Two thousand eight. And, and I just remember the. And I and I remember Mattel wanted another very high profile like writer for it. Yeah. It just wasn't going to happen. Right. And the and I was like the guy who's like, well, if you don't get him, there's me, and I write comics, and I've written some stuff, and and uh, and I remember when when it was like Dr Pepper sh- shutters, Dr Pepper ten, and yeah. I just remember. Getting an email being like, we're looking for another sponsor for He Man, and we'll keep you, you know, in the loop. And right. then didn't go flatline. Nobody, nobody anywhere is there anymore. Right. So I feel like I could tell that story, but I was like, holy shit! Mm-hmm. If I can go from Miami Vice to writing He Man, I'm fucking stoked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it, one. Thing. It was not in the cards, the escapists. <laughs> I did not. You did. You have yet. You know what? You have yet to see my He Man. Maybe one Someday. day the sequel or the oh, reboot. It's like I have a wish list. I have a wish list that I gave my wife, and I said, "Listen, you're married to a filmmaker. There are franchises uh-huh. that I will literally put. I will. I will bet the entire fucking thing on. Yeah, that, to be a part of. Will you cast Tom Selleck as Man at Arms? No, 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 because when I first moved out here, I worked on a TV movie, and and, and I have reservations about Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. Uh, Plus, he'd steal all your but, water. Uh, but I have Jesse ideas. Stone movie. But, uh, <laughs> no, sorry, but, 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 but my wife like knows. My wife knows bottle. this is this is where we may lose a house. We may lose a house because I will pursue a Gremlins franchise, uh, uh, a Gremlins requel. Uh, we may lose a house on. Uh, I'll be the guy who steps right up to do a Fantastic Four. I don't give a fuck. Good. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. I, I want to do it. What are you a masochist? Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a masochist, but but I but I but nobody's expecting anything from that franchise. So it's almost a sure good. It's almost uh, it's almost point. like a very. A it's almost like you know you do it adequate and you're yeah. a hero. Yeah. You right. do it adequate, you win an Oscar. Uh, I hope you're not too attached to the house. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then um, and then He Man. Okay. In Turtles, Turtles of course, but Turtles seems to be unattainable at the moment. But He Man, I mean, He Man is like, it's like, come on, mm-hmm. it's the ultimate. When you guys d- uh, took the avenue of the animation, was that again just? What do you mean? It, well, you like mean when filmation? you started interviewing, them, yeah, yeah we started finding out. Was that filmation. still? Was that just like, well, let's just talk to these guys? And then you were like, oh, they didn't. They didn't get along with Mattel at all. Yeah, like, what led you to the... No, we wanted to get everybody. We wanted to get everybody. The right. idea was to get anyone who had anything to do with the franchise at any point. You but know, we right? also didn't know that what that particular deal was. Right. We didn't know how they felt about each other. And we also didn't know that um, Filmation had the the right that they could come up with whatever scripts right. that they wanted. Right. You know, so yeah, we didn't know any any of that. But yeah, we, we knew that we had to incorporate Filmation into the thing. Who was the... Yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to remember. I was, was going like to say, the I, I love Lou Scheimer. Lou Scheimer. Yeah, great. I love that so the cartoons almost came out of the necessity of these kids had all these toys but didn't yeah, know how to play yeah, with yeah, them. Yeah, getting letters saying, what do we do with these toys? And yeah. the mini who's comics, by the way, made no sense. The mini comics did not make any sense. Right. And some of those things were contradicted in the DC comics these are the comics series. these are the comics that got packaged with the toy right right and they, yeah you're right yeah so you had like three different versions of the basics of the sto- of the storyline you know right. and kids were like what the hell well, yeah plus to if you look at this? the I remember as a kid I was one of those confused kids because if you there's a in there's general a, he was just confused I was uh, but <laughs> we you, all were still you, is <laughs> if you see the packaging there's a shot that we have of the packaging in 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 our movie and you see a bunch of battle cats like everybody's yes. riding a battle cat yes. and i was and as a kid i was like which I guess is, I gotta, is I gotta there fight a more. battle cat or is there an army there, of battle yeah. cats it was totally kind confusing of, you don't know how you don't know how potent battle many. cat sperm is apparently though. i guess yeah. like cringer yeah. 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 sperm is very but yeah. so you know that's he makes any, a, it's a big litter right <laughs> yeah. he makes a big litter that that battle cat sperm well i love the fact that the Frank Frazetta art mm-hmm. is a huge because if you look because like I love all, a lot of the Edgar Rice Burroughs stuff too and looking at that artwork and then like as a kid seeing him and then I didn't see Frank Frazetta's artwork until much much later right and, and I was like do. wait a minute yeah absolutely this guy stole it from Hema yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah right right why didn't you guys interview uh, Frank Frazetta about we, how he created Hema he didn't yeah, get his uh, well Frank Frazetta is uh, no longer with us yeah he, <laughs> but, uh, yeah but well, he, he was that tough was, he we was didn't have a Ouija board of the guys yeah. Yeah, no, we never thought of that actually. Well, he, I mean, he passed away while yeah, we were making. He passed this. away while you guys. Yeah, like, he passed that away recent? like yeah. He I think he. I, in oh, fact, I, I think he. I didn't think it was that recent. He passed he away in the last three years. Started, he, he, he died, died just years. so he didn't have to be interviewed. Yeah. Yeah. He, he heard about this thing. Frank Frazetta was everybody's first look at boobs. Well, because everybody on Geekscape, their first look at boobs was Frank Frazetta. like you're looking for diecast like little figures in like like an RPG like modeling store or something, and you turn your corner, you're like, oh, boobs and Conan. Like, things. What's so funny though is like knowing, like I said, coming to that artwork later and then looking at Battle Cat or Cringer and then looking and I'm like, oh, that's a Banth. Yeah, right. You know I mean, that's yeah. the that's that like thing in the John Carter universe, and it was like so fascinating that it was totally in the air at the time. Right, that whole deal. That eighty, but that was like an eighties thing, though. Yeah, you well, know, it was, it was like, 80, movies yeah. like heavy metal and like oh, this yeah. it was. desert high fantasy thing. And that's why uh, another Fire and Ice Conan. Another yeah, reason right, right. why when they when they revamped it. It was no longer in vogue anymore. That's why they like right. the guys. Space laser yeah, that's beams. lasers and all right. that stuff. It was totally out of oh, vogue. Oh, for the new adventures of He-Man. Yeah. 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 So, hey, by the way, that was driven by mar- market research. In the early '90s, they had market right. research sessions with all these kids where they were asking them, "Do you rather have a sword right. or a laser gun?" You right. know, those yeah. kinds of passe by that point. But yeah. at that time, at He-Man that, on a skateboard. Oh, yeah. It's radical, guys. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, totally tubular. Yeah. Oh. He's got a mullet and bleached right. hair and. Yeah, Every, everything they did was based on market research. Even Mark Taylor and Paul Cleveland tell stories about the early market research. Right. You know, even Mark right. was on the other side of the glass thing, you know, mm-hmm. for some of those. Yeah, what's the by the way, he told that story again. Isn't there isn't that wasn't there something about that story that is either that we heard that was either something was funky with that. The Do new adventures yeah, of He-Man? Yeah, because I think we ended up removing it. We had something. He told us that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah we and had then it. then somebody said it something the about that story, yeah, right? Well, the what's the story? All right, so um, uh, to, to catch everybody, um, I went to the um, Q&A with Mark Taylor 
one of the subjects. Saturday. Uh, yeah, uh, at this He-Man Day, one of the subjects of our documentary. And he tells this really great story about how he wasn't supposed to be on the other side of the glass mm -hmm. while they were uh, 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 testing the product. And there was this little boy who basically was so into it that he tried to steal mm -hmm. the stuff. And he knew that once he saw that, that this thing was going to be a on huge On the original He-Man. Yeah, in the yeah. original He-Man. So what was the deal? On the new adventure He-Man. <laughs> did we hear like, that like that was just... that shit against well, the wall? No, no, no. He, he did, were there he toys did for new that... adventures of He-Man? Yes. yes. And they were really garbage. Crap they were in the movie. They look like shit. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. The sword actually sold better than That's the actual right. figure. That's right. Because it was a Walmart, laser sword. Yeah. Like that Walmart commercial. and Target was only they were only carrying the you know the role play items. I remember that. It's like the Hulk from hands from Ang Lee's Hulk. Yeah, kind of like Hulk that. Yeah, just the role play like, stuff. Hulk hands. Right. right. And then you punch uh, your aunt. So you could really you couldn't even find the figures if you walked into Walmart. Right. So. But uh, wow. going back to your story, yes, Mark did say that to us on camera, right. and I think Paul Cleveland. Yeah, Paul Cleveland said, "No way in hell." You know, we wouldn't even allow uh, designers That's into, thought, uh, right. you know, into product companies. I knew there was something yeah. about because I yeah. heard that story again. I was like, I, yeah. what's the yeah. what was? I mean, because you did, you guys did cut a lot from the documentary out yeah. of necessity. Uh, we filmed a hundred hours of footage. Yeah, so and, 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 and I don't want to spoil things like the great moments of the documentary because again, I want the geekscapers to watch it. But what was what was some of the stuff that you cut? That maybe hurt the most, but is also like a great revelation that you were like, damn, it's gone. That's good. That was my question. That was gonna be my yeah. question. Well, I've done the show uh, for well a while. we were cutting <laughs> stuff out that felt, you know, if it felt like it was too long of a detour, you know, yeah. right. we had to remove it. You know, Shira was Shira was kind of bad. Big. That was my question. Yeah. And the uh, the power tour, where there were two really power tour, the, uh, the live action uh, stage show that was going around the U.S. with Radio City Music yeah. Hall. What year was that? Eighty seven, same year as the live action film. Gary and Forbes Candlish from Landmark and Tony Christopher, the same guys responsible for the film. You know, put together this in traveling show. In 1987, those traveling. Yes, yeah, it's like show. out of their shells. How do you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, this. yeah, and <laughs> yeah. and that was a really great segment because uh, there is a the the folks who played uh, He Man and Sheer are these really really sweet great people, and they were husband and wife, and they oh, still wow. are married. Wow. Did you get know them on they, camera? And, yeah, 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 we yeah, talked yeah. to them, and they oh, had these, guys. these. Is this all DVD special features? DVD yeah, yeah, yeah. special we'll features, please. These guys met on the Conan Live Adventure Show at Universal Studios. They played Conan and Red. Sonia, I guess. Yeah. Oh, wow. They got married while they were working on that show. Okay. Which Gary, all, Gary Goddard also produced. So okay. when he was doing He-Man as a live-action show, he said, "Well, these are the guys." Right. Know? So He-Man and Shira were uh, husband and wife. Yeah. And uh, they're still married. They're still together. Very happy. Yeah, have two just, kids. That's so awesome. It, it was, that's it was, amazing. It was really a bummer to lose that because they were they were really nice. And uh, what folks. about the Shira uh, show? Because like, like, there's really no coverage of the Shira cartoon at all in the in the documentary. It no. Just, it had to go. It felt like it was a completely different film. What were some of the good revelations that came out of there that you were like, "Oh, that the, the Barbara Hamley." Barbara Hamley very well-known uh, science fiction uh, fantasy novelist, uh, she'd come up with a, a character called She-Ra mm -hmm. in another uh, universe of novels. How, and what year was that, you think? Uh, I can't remember. But it was in the late, late 70s. Late right, 70s. Right at the point when... Yeah. Right uh, at the point it could where be a lawsuit. Mattel knew, <laughs> exactly. Mattel knew they were going to come out with this line of figures. And when was She-Ra? When did She-Ra launch? Like eighty four, eighty five? Was it right much? There. I think, yeah. yeah. I think Secret of the Sword is probably eighty four. Four, wasn't I think it? so. That, and that was, was the first time we saw right. her. Yeah. yeah so, uh, but so you know, Bar Bar favorite, Barbara had come songs. up with the name Shira for one of her characters. <laughs> so Mattel had to go to her. They couldn't tell her why they wanted the name. Right. The name. They had to buy the name from her. They bought the name Shira. And she it, it wasn't even spelled. It wasn't yeah. even spelled. She the bought same. a house. Yeah. She still wasn't even spelled house. the yeah. same. And she said that the whole exchange was very cloak and dagger, yeah. like something out of very you know, mysterious. Deep you know, a you know? guy would show right. up with an envelope. You know, we want to buy the name and they would Shira. Pass it across yeah. the table, and and it was and she 
she said that basically they weren't concerned about her suing Mattel. They were concerned about somebody buying the name from her and then suing Mattel. Oh. So they she just gave her that out. Yeah, she yeah. figured that out. She's smart lady, but she she got a buttload of money for, yeah. for just, just having for a name. name. Just yeah. having a name. I used to call my brother Gwildor before the movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> what can I do there? Oh, damn it. Did you what put it in a book? Yeah. Sons of bitches. Because <laughs> if so, you may have a new house. Maybe in the fourth grade, I was like, that damn Gwildor. <laughs> yeah. The cosmic key. That's what. Uh, the that's cosmic key. Oh, well, we talk about that. <laughs> um, in in in. So the Shira thing, like, that was that the best story out of Shira? Like, like what? No, there's uh, more stuff. With Shira, Joe. Did, was, did she, was Shira a positive or a negative? Did it dilute the franchise, or like in your view? No, I mean, what was the story it, on that? I think it was sort of a uh, mostly a zero sum game, except for the fact that the, the angle that we took in the movie was it was very inspirational for females, right? And right. you know, a lot of these girls felt empowered by the character, and that's what uh, what people took away from that particular thing. But right. but most of the guys uh, that we interviewed were just like, I didn't want to fucking work on Shira. Oh. I mean, well, you know, really? so then you I'm, a, yeah, I'm a man. Yeah, yeah, for right. years, and I never heard anything about a damn sister. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. So everybody was just kind of like, I guess we have to do this, okay? And then once they uh, did, they were, you know, a lot of the guys that worked on it were very proud by. It. They they got all these. Larry Dattilio and Dettilio. Joe Straczynski infused a great deal of elements there that were not even part of the equation for Mattel. They just wanted yeah. a female action figure so right. that they could kind of so they, cross over to that so other market. Yeah. Tried wow. to make the most of it. Yeah. Uh, Straczynski had a great story. Um, beam of light. That. I didn't even yeah. know that he. You didn't know yeah. they wrote for them. No, he story yeah. edited the show. That's so yeah. amazing. He came up with. And the... so did Paul Dini. Really? Yeah. Or yeah, Paul Dini was involved. Yeah. Paul Dini was one all. of the writers wow. on the show. But Straczynski, being you know Straczynski, very cantankerous, um, <laughs> he wanted to uh, come up with something that they could not market. Or at, create a, yeah, create at, any kind of a product. Yeah, because right. everything that they, that, that was the thing, like um, Filmation came up with Orco, and then all of a sudden Mattel got to go off and, and do an Orco deal, right. you know, and, ma and make an action figure, because that was not original to the original line. It came right. from Filmation. So Straczynski was just like, well, I want to, I want to. Orco was all originated in Filmation. the cartoon. It, yeah. In the cartoon, yeah. And then Mattel's like, Gorpo. Money. Yep. Originally yeah. called Gorpo. Yeah. Gorpo. Oh, wow. So Straczynski, it was just like, what can I, what can I put in this show that they will have no way of turning into an action figure. Can you guess what he put in there? That you they that little butterfly guy? No idea. The little butterfly thing? No, you can make it. It was no. the beam of the light. The beam of light. The beam of light. Yeah, uh. it, was like they, they, it was like they can't make a toy about this. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And they made a flashlight turn it on. Right, right. Yeah. So he was, Don't worry, kids. <laughs> we'll find funny. a way to yeah. sell the... We'll yeah. get your money somehow. Don't worry, kids. Your parents will hate us yeah. soon enough. Well, that's one thing that I kept thinking, though, when I was watching. I was, I was like, I understand the fact that these companies exist to make money. So there's a degree to that. Sure. Doesn't make it right, you know what I mean? But you have, yeah. I kept thinking like, I mean, I guess that's how they started. They're like, well, how can we make money? Sure. But it's like, then it gets to that point where you're like, but you could have made so much more money right. if you didn't fuck it up. Right. Yeah. And if that, you weren't, if you weren't so concerned about right. making money, right you would have made more money. Yeah, you would have made yeah. more money. Yeah. You wanted, a while, so you wanted money. to make bonuses this year? Well, you may not make money at all next year because you'll be unemployed. Dude, the bonuses thing was yeah. so fun. I mean, Real I don't tragedy. Get, again, there's so much but, I don't want to get away from um, the movie. But. Yeah, it, it is alarming how they don't look at the long game of these right. characters, which is as you know, now 30 years removed from this in our I mean this has been a part of our lives since we've been alive it's like right. man that nobody thought about the long game except us and we're right. looking back being like well I mean do you think if if He-Man had had a healthier history that we would have looked at it in such reverence yeah I think oh, yeah. yeah I if think it, I mean, mean it's still alive you know sold. what I mean it's yeah. not like it's gone completely but did I mean but does that make sense present, but you that, mean because it disappeared or we it disappeared like 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 Star Wars like remember when the when the when the uh when the uh, 
like Thawne novels first showed yeah. up in like 91. Right. You know, you and everyone was like, oh. you were like, holy shit, I hadn't seen anything since the Ewok mm-hmm. movies. And right. then all of a sudden these books showed up and, and then the Dark Horse comics and you're right. like, oh my God, they're making Star Wars again. They're making Star They're making Star Wars again. And, right. it, yeah. and it was like, it was like, it was yours. It was personal to you yeah. because yeah. you were the one that had, still had the, the torch lit. Right. You know, and for He-Man, you were the one that still had the torch lit. Do you think does that make sense, guys? No, I know what you're saying, but I think I but, think the imp- we've already been impacted by it, you know, yeah. by that point. So it didn't, re- at least for me personally, right. even if we'd gotten three, four more years out of it, I'd still feel the same way. But would it have worn out society? Does that make sense? Like, 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 well. like, like, do these things wear out? So, like, wear out no. their welcome? And I don't mean, and I don't, but I don't mean a manufactured wearing out of welcome, where it's like, oh, we're gonna overship product and flood it. I mean, like a like. This has been too long. But that's trends, the cycle. Trends it will change, happen and, it and will you're going to yeah. Well, it, it it had a it had several chances to to yeah, have that period of going away and coming back, and right. they just kept fucking it up. You're right. right. You're right about that. That was a question the I was Avengers, thinking during the movie. The what Avengers year brutal. did the Transformers come out? And was there any conflict? Did they talk about any conflict? I think 84, 85 no, was those Transformers. Never came up. No, never no. came up. Because I kept thinking, I was like, I know those toys sold really well, so mm-hmm. I wondered if there was a moment. But okay, no. so no. Yeah. All right, answers that question. I don't know. <laughs> but but He Man opened the door to all that stuff. What I thought yeah, was totally. what I found fascinating in the documentary was that there was a a perfect moment in time where Reagan took office and lifted yeah. those restrictions that you could not advertise kid products to kids in 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 kids in programming. Shows, so yeah. you couldn't be like. Hey, po- you know, post cereal could not have its own cartoon right. to sell to kids. Post cereal, a bunch of sugar, right. and that without Reagan, you couldn't have had a cartoon that right. sold a toy. Right. And then after He Man, you had everything. You had, yeah, right. you had. I mean, it still goes on to this day where you can't sell a toy really without a cartoon. And the thing about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and and knowing that that story is that. Uh, you know, Eastman and Laird gave their manager or their representative a month to do something with the rights to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like when they created the the, the little Ashcan comic, yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they gave the representative a month. They said, if you can do this something with this in a month, we're good to go. If you can't, then we keep you know, then we keep it and it dies, right? right. And in a month, he went to the cartoon company and he yeah. went to the toy company and they said we're not going to do anything without the other. Yeah. And so it almost created that. It did. That, relationship. That, that, well, it created that climate that toys needed a cartoon to survive exactly. and vice Absolutely. versa. Right. And which that wouldn't have happened without that, He-Man. Yeah. Right. So basically, it just created our entire childhood right. of being right. completely sold we to. Have to thank well, then Ronald then, Reagan for our childhood. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that's, say, that's yeah. another thank reason why we all and yeah. all these thank homeless people. Tear down eternity. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. Thundercats, Silverhawks, Visionaries, all, all of it. Rock all Lords. Stuff. Yeah. Rock, fucking you Rock know. Lords. None of that would have happened without Masters of the Universe. Mm-hmm. That's what Tiger I, Sharks. Holy Tiger shit. Sharks. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. What about that? Street Sharks? No, you, that was way uh, later. Mask. I, yeah. You know what that I like? That was way later. Oh, I like, Mask. I like yeah. Brave Star. Brave Star. That was right yeah. after yeah. Masters. That was Brave what Star. they were hoping would kick you know, kickstart action Brave figures. Star. How many did now Mattel have? That was Lou. That was it? That was Lou. That was Lou. Lou Scheimer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. How many did Mattel have any other of those shows and toy lines, or was it just Masters of the Universe? Just Masters of the Masters Universe. And, then and that was everybody yeah. else coming in. Okay. Isn't that crazy? It I mean, crazy. guys, this is your childhood, and the origin of your childhood is right here in this documentary, <laughs> The Toy Masters. Yeah. Well, one of the things it's I incredible. kept thinking about when I was watching the movie was like, when I was a kid, I don't know if it's still there, because maybe the rights changed, but at the end of It's a Wonderful... No, what's it? Uh, it's a small world. That's it's a small like, world, yeah. You go through the boat right at the very end before you come back outside. It's a big Mattel sign. 
at yeah. the very end of the ride. Oh, oh really? yeah, yeah, because yeah. they were the sponsor. They no? were the sponsor. Yeah. I don't oh, know if wow. they made all the things. Wow. That's it makes the creepy ride but even it, creepier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That burned into my mind <laughs> as to what. And you Mattel do realize was. that the kids, were, the, the the ride is just made up of puppets that were turned that were transformed kids, right? Yes, I mean, yeah. they <laughs> kids that were transformed. They were children who were stolen. Like, hey, we don't have an Inuit kid. Kidnap them. Kidnap them and make them the Inuit. Slightly mummified. But I remember asking my parents, I was like, "What's Mattel or whatever?" And they're like, "Oh, it's a toy company." And I was like, "Cover your eyes." Uh-huh. I mean, they told me some of the stuff I had. You already, like, you already yeah. love them. And they were like, they make that. And I was like, let's oh, go on the ride again. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, let's ride this so ride again. So <laughs> they're my new god. Okay, I get yeah, it. That's so, right. Yeah. Um, guys, I got to tell you, though, as a filmmaker, I get concerned about this movie because there's so many clearances you guys have to do. I'm freaking out here. Oh. I want people to see it. And I know it says fair use at the end, but like I'm fucking fr- freaking out because I want people to see this movie. And you guys pointed a camera at every damn licensed thing in the world. What's going on, guys? Uh, that's a very good question. I that's want this movie to come what, out. That's what we we're working on. How much do you need? We're going to kickstart this? We're going to uh, kickstart the legal on this movie? I, we, we have to do the accounting first and see how much we need. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I personally, I don't want to have to It kickstart. is a well-made movie and it deserves an audience. Yeah. What do you mean you don't want to kickstart? I don't. Well, I don't like doing that. You, you don't like doing it, but you know what? Good, like you have I'm a great movie, so you you can easily make a trailer for this movie that's going to raise like it's going to get coverage. Like if you guys put the trailer out with right. a Kickstarter, like it's going to get covered in websites and yeah. stuff like that because. This is what we live I mean, for. We live for to be kids again. Superman uh, lives. Yeah, yeah and all that. So like, like you guys, uh, they had three Kickstarters or something. Like you guys yeah. can do this, but but I mean, it may be an. I mean, there's re-editing of the movie. There's this and that, but like. We're, we're, what do you we're, tr- do? we're trying to figure it out. We're, we, like Roger said, we we first need to just kind of see how much this is going to be and how difficult it's going to be. We still think that we can not have to touch anything in the movie and still take care of it. We just have to do a little work on it. I mean, because mm-hmm. fair use is great to, for the U.S., but it but it doesn't really. Yeah, we when you go overseas and it's like, Yo, what is your fair use? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. like, like I want this movie to have as big an audience as possible. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was just that was a uh, a temporary sort of little of stop. Gap, sure. a little line that we put up there. But yeah, we know we have to deal with that, and we're we're, we're trying, and um, we just have to see how much it's going to be. And On the third day, look to the east, call on us. That's all I'm saying, man. No, like, I, know. Guys, I mean, I, I love this is, movie. We got to fucking know, do this. Like, you know, I, I'm here I saying so I don't want to do a we'll Kickstarter. Let you know. Maybe we'll do a marathon from your uh, studio. Let's here. do oh. it. Let's do it. Oh, like a uh, radio Jerry marathon. Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Gary Lewis. Hey, guys. Telethon. Yeah. We got people on the phones right now. I haven't slept for 48 hours. Jake shaking his head. Yeah, Jake, tell uh, when, when you're hosting that episode. Yeah, okay, guys, so I'm literally uh, going to – I'm not doing Geekscape at T-Radio View for the next four a month because I'll be in Canada on set. But um, I'm going to try and do some episodes with Derek up in Canada in Vancouver. Uh, Jake has threatened to do an episode of, of Geekscape next week or the week after called Bullyscape where he just comes and talks Bullyscape. trash on everything we love. I don't know what that theory lockers. is you're coming up with. I have an entirely different idea okay. that's going to be awesome. And you're so gonna, I'm you're just, warn- so I'm just warning the Geekscapists that they're subscribing to the iTunes or SoundCloud. They're going to yeah. look up and there may be an alien Geekscape on it's the just, feed it's like, that is Jake talking weirdness. It's yeah. when the Dukes of Hazard had Vance and Coy on. Yeah. It's just like... <laughs> oh no, you're, you're going to be the Doni Loves Chachi to my yeah. happy days. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm so stoked. Man, I have I have great ideas for the show. It's gonna be awesome. Okay, awesome. if you guys Jake, have I'm ideas for that you your guys, headband perfectly yeah. matches your T-shirt. If you guys yeah, have ideas for fashion. Jake on on this, uh, I don't know, uh, special episode of Geekscape, uh, go ahead and like email them to us or like put them in the SoundCloud comments or put them on our Facebook group on Facebook Jake or talking about wrestling or tweet them at us at, uh, to our Geekscape account. We're on YouTube. We're on every we can you can find us. Let us know. 
what you guys want from Jake or the or your biggest horror story. Yeah, what you scenarios. don't what you don't want. And, and Jake Jake will Jake will try and listen. Or at least read the concerns, but I can't. I, I'm not responsible for this. If it if it if it is a disaster, I will not put it on the feed. If it is amazing, it's going on the feed, and I, and I and it may be the same thing. I was going to say it yeah, may it be, be the both. exact same thing. It yeah. may be a disaster, an amazing disaster. Hmm. I just know, Jake, I love you, and you've been great with us. So I don't want to censor your passion. Thank you. It'll be great, man. You'll you'll want it bad. You'll be like, I don't even want to host this show anymore. It's yours. <laughs> oh, I, I, he, I'm wow. from the future. Gee, I happens. haven't been saying that for the last six years. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you took the words right out of my history. <laughs> no, we're gonna have fun. It'll be cool. And uh, and regardless, Geekscapist, I will not abandon you. You know, they're they're setting me a set in a city where our managing editor of our own website lives. So. Derek, uh, who you guys hear every week on the Geekscape Games podcast, is going to be with me doing a podcast. And maybe I'll pull some other people from Vancouver. Yeah, uh, bring them in. Yeah, I just signed a giant non-disclosure like, social media So what can you tell us the, already then? No, I, I mean, I, like, I don't even know if I can tell you the show that I'm on. but like, no, Maybe I can. I don't care. but no. uh, I, I do care, but I'll, after the fact, you guys will definitely know. Uh, some of you guys already do know, but um, but I just know that I signed the form. So like, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I'll ask the producers when I'm there. They I'll be like, hey, you. can I borrow one of those stars and do a podcast with them? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'll try different shit. It, you know, whatever. But you guys will not – I will try – you will not go four weeks without a Geekscape. That is unheard of in the history of this podcast. You it's guys true. have gone maybe – maybe you've gone two weeks without a podcast. But come on, guys. My life isn't that great that I go <laughs> fucking a month without giving you guys a podcast. Again, it's my own necessity to give you guys a podcast. Uh, just like it is my get uh, my my necessity to bring you guys cool shit. And this this documentary, the Toy Masters, is one of the cool things that I want you guys to 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 really celebrate. And that means that no matter what a Roger Corey need in making this movie available, we're gonna do it. And uh, I love this movie. It's really awesome. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much, man. That's yeah. uh, that's really kind of you. And by the way, we made this movie because we feel the same way you do about He Man. You right. know, yeah. it, it's, it's something we loved. It was our childhood, and we wanted to celebrate it. You know. Yeah. So, um, did, well, did it well. Uh, one note on that: um, I, there's an article up on Geekscape.net right now uh, that is a very personal article, and I love that it's doing amazing on Reddit right now. It's about uh, our love for personal things, and I wrote it in like uh, because Mario turned 30, officially mm-hmm. 30 last weekend, yeah. and I was like, oh yeah, and I remembered. I'm thinking about my relationship with Mario, which I still pour money into. Right. And I said, you know what? I remembered a moment when I was when my parents got divorced, and I had a Mario doll, and I kept it with me for a year. And so I wrote an article about how Mario got me through the first most difficult part of my life as a kid. And it kind of celebrates these lifelong relationships that we have with fictional characters and how important it is because it gives stability in an unstable world to us as we grow up. And they also teach us morals and values and things. So as we talk to the guys who love He-Man and grew up with He-Man, I wrote a piece about Mario that is now up on the website. And uh, and I think that's what we do here at Geekscape. It's not that we don't want to grow up. It's that we don't have to give those things up yeah. in growing up. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. We got so serious on Geekscape. Be childlike, not childish. <laughs> yeah. So, listen, in closing, we'll read that article. <laughs> uh, follow the Toy Masters on Twitter. What is it? Uh, at Toy Masters Movie. We also have a um, Facebook? Facebook page. If you just look for Toy Masters, you'll see us. And that's where you can find sort of most of the news that we keep up with. We put clips and cool. pictures and whatever. Because Corey and Roger made a great movie, and Will and I saw it. And uh, we want you guys to see it. So 
uh, if there's more news and, and stuff, they'll be in Austin, Texas in two weeks for uh, MondoFest or MondoCon. Yep. MondoCon and, uh, and screening there if you're in Austin. And so we want you guys to see the movie. Uh, Geekscape will keep pushing them. We love you guys. And I won't be here next week, but we will be here if you catch my drift. Uh, for Jake and Will here at T-Radio V, we'll see you guys next week. We'll hear, you'll hear me next week. Yeah. All right? Love you guys. Geekscape out. Thank you. <laughs>